welcome to another season of the Advent Calendar House. It's been a while, but we're back with style to count down to Christmas in July as we salute 12 TV specials of holidays past, starting by rewinding at twice the normal speed back to 1981 to witness the revival of Alvin, Simon, and Theodore in a chipmunk Christmas. I am poorly disguised dog with antlers tied to my head, Mike Westfall. And joining me on my unusually large skateboard build for three are a couple of brand new guests in equally long and brightly colored sweaters. First, guaranteed to brighten your day, please welcome Steve Sapellis. Hey, Steve. Hey, how are you? Happy to be here. Big fan of the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's, it's great to have you on here. And yo, dog, I heard you like Christmas podcasts. So here's a guy who made a Christmas podcast about Christmas podcasts and call it the Christmas podcast podcast. <laughs> no, really. Please welcome Sean Sotka. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Hi, Mike. How many times can we get you to say Christmas podcasts in one sentence? I think I'm spent now. <laughs> it's always fun to be here. It's always fun to uh, to be with you guys. I've loved your podcast since before I started my own talking about podcasts. And it, this is just, I'm over the top with joy being here with you. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Well, I've been saving this one for long enough because it's a favorite of mine. And I have Steve to thank for sending me a copy a few months ago that had old commercials on it. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm, I'm thanks so excited. for sharing that with me. Of course. I'm so excited to find people that actually care enough about <laughs> this. You know, most people would not be that excited to get such a tape, but you guys are thrilled and it's, it's great to share it. Now, was that your own copy that you digitized? Yes, it was. Oh, wow. So that's the copy you watched every year then. Well, yeah, as we go into this, I'll tell you the, the like the crazy story of that tape and how I came to find it. You know what? Go ahead. Sure. So so I saw this uh, Christmas 1986. It aired on our local NBC station with the Smurfs Christmas special, okay. with the giant cake. Uh, and I love, you know, I was a huge fan of Christmas, Christmas specials, Christmas sitcom episodes. So I taped this and I like would watch it all the time. Uh, and so one day I'm sitting in my room, I'm five years old, I'm watching the tape. And you remember like when VCRs were giant monsters that had all these buttons Oh yeah, that you didn't know what half of them did. I touched one of the buttons and it erased the entire tape Oh no! from start to finish. Oh. And on this tape, I had like the ALF episode when he gets amnesia, when he puts the hairdryer in the bathtub. <laughs> I had like the Robin Williams Popeye movie. So I was devastated, oh, like man. beyond console. And I especially liked it because I taped the McDonald's Christmas commercial that was on it. Oh, no. That aired with it. So I was so bummed. So cut to college. Uh, you know, I'm one of those kids that goes around at thrift stores. I'm in the Salvation Army looking through their you know VHS section. And I find a tape that says Smurfs Christmas and Chipmunk Christmas. And I'm like, could this be the same night of television that I watched and erased almost 20 years earlier? Sure enough, I bring it back to my dorm room. I put it into the VCR and it's the exact same night of television. Oh, wow. What a story. There's like a magic to this Christmas special for me just because of that. <laughs> that, wow. that Somebody was looking out for you. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Mrs. Claus. Who knows? Could be. <laughs> should be. You should have bought lottery tickets that day. Oh, man. Yeah. Ah. Instead, I just, uh, you know, cried tears of joy in my dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, tell us about your history watching A Chipmunk Christmas. I remember when this thing came out and um, just sitting in there with uh, my brother was one. So he probably doesn't even remember what it was. No, my brother was wasn't even one. He was born in 81. So he was like, uh 11 months old, so he doesn't remember, but just sitting in there, he was probably playing on the floor. My parents were doing stuff, but it's just one of those childhood memories that come back to you. And I remember it every single year, you sitting down with the TV guide, plotting <laughs> out your week, seeing this is you make sure you get down there and get everything ready to go. So yeah, I remember when this thing came out. I was a year old when it came out, so I definitely didn't catch it the first night it aired. Maybe I did. I don't know. But this was one of many Christmas specials my parents famously crammed into a eight hour VHS tape. It might have been the same 1986 airing on NBC because a lot of those commercials seemed familiar. Oh, OK. Interesting. Yeah. It was brought to you by McDonald's. So 
Well, a lot of them were brought to you by that same <laughs> McDonald's commercial. So that doesn't narrow it down. Right. And that seven up commercial too, in there with the elves, that was huge in that time. That was all over the place. So, I mean, love that, that brought back just memories and I love yeah, it. Yeah. With like the cotton beard calendar. Yeah. Santa. Yep. That oh, one. yep. Really I remember awesome. having one of those. We had one. Also on that tape was the Pinocchio Christmas special, special like the Rankin Bass one. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a 1985 airing because it has, actually, no, maybe it was 1986 because it has like the Ghostbusters toy commercial. Yeah, that would have been 86 because that's yeah, when so, uh, the cartoon started running in 86. So that lines mm-hmm. up. But, but this special, as we said, is from 1981. It debuted December 14th on NBC. 1981, that means it's about to turn 40. Whoa. But let's back up even more and explore the history of the chipmunk. With apologies to the archive for that intro, but they're not using it anymore. The chipmunks were created by Ross Bagdasarian in the 1950s under the pseudonym David Seville after the Spanish city where he was stationed in World War II. Fun fact. Oh. Wow. I never realized that. Neither did I. Thanks, Wikipedia. So he bought a tape recorder for $200, messed around with the speed control, thought it was funny, and created the song Witch Doctor. Which is not the first Chipmunk song, but you get the idea. That, that's where you hear his creation of Alvin, even though it wasn't really Alvin at the time. That right. was his creation was Witch Doctor. I feel like they kind of retconned that into, oh, no, this was our first single. We just... We're in a band yet. No, that was just just Seville uh, yep. on that one. Yeah, there was no album, but that was the creation of Alvin. Was yes. From that song. So Absolutely. Wasn't Alvin on there, but it was the creation of him. That's right. Uh, but they they debuted as characters, of course, in the Chipmunk song. Christmas, Christmas now featuring Simon, Theodore and Alvin, named after three executives at his label Liberty Records. Simon Warrenker, Theodore Keep, and Alvin Bennett. Wow, that's how, that's how you kiss up to your boss. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to airplay in that days. <laughs> that's an interesting little token to take with you. I had a chipmunk named after me. <laughs> well, these days it probably would be as popular as they are. That would, they must think of it now. But oh yeah, I'm sure they wore that as a badge of honor. But back then, I'm sure they were just like, what the heck is this guy doing? (laughs) Making us money. (laughs) Chipmunk song became a novelty hit that led to The Alvin Show in 1961, which ran 26 episodes and re-ran for decades. And after Bagdasarian died in 1972, his son, Ross Jr., sought to continue his father's work, recording Chipmunk Punk in 1980. Really? It was like a song of, of punk and kind of pop song covers. This I have to get. Oh, I you do. don't remember that at all. I have to look that up. I know it exists, and that, that's about the length of my knowledge of it. But that paved the way to the cartoon series we grew up with from 1983 to 1990, co-produced by Ruby Spears. But first came this Christmas special, co-produced by Chuck Jones. And if you're familiar with his art style, you can tell pretty quickly this is a Chuck Jones joint. Definitely. Definitely. Especially like the dogs. Once I saw those dogs, I thought, those are Chuck Jones dogs. (laughs) Well, I can see it in the eyes, and that's actually a big difference from the current design of the chipmunks. They now have these colored blue and green eyes. There's still the black pupils here, but... Something about the shape of them. They're Chuck Jones black pupils. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into it then. Uh, we open on a rather bleak scene of a boy named Tommy who's very, very sick in bed just five days before Christmas. And Tommy is voiced by R.J. Williams. Oh, hi, Alvin. What are you delivering? Do either of you know him from anything else by name? Not by name, no. No. I assumed he was a child actor. He was a child actor. R.J. Williams was the voice of Dink the Little Dinosaur. Oh. And Kissy Fur. And Kit Cloud Kicker from Tailspin. Oh, okay. Quite the pedigree there. Yeah, but uh, 
Oh, I have another thing. Okay, do do any of you remember a show called Wake, Rattle, and Roll? No. No. It was kind of a, not a variety show, but it had segments with this, they were live action segments with this boy played by R.J. Williams, and he had a robot friend who had a VHS tape for a head, and his name was Dex. And then they would introduce cartoon shorts of like wacky races or something like that. No, but this sounds amazing. And I can't believe I've never even heard of it before. <laughs> I, I, I want to say late 80s or very early 90s around then. Because this robot character, Dex, he had like the Michelangelo surfing voice, dude. <laughs> and this aired like this is a, a national show. I don't know how national it was. I feel like it was one of those cable channels like a TBS might have been running it. OK. Huh. But but while I'm looking at his credits, R.J. Williams was born in 1978. He's three years old in this. Really? Doing these lines for Tommy. If that's accurate, then that's how it adds up. Interesting. Because Tommy's not that old in the show. Or not that young, rather. Not, no, he looks about maybe six or seven. I know he sounds young, but I would have never guessed a three-year-old's doing his voice. That was pretty good child acting, then yeah. too. <laughs> They just shoved him in that booth at birth. <laughs> yep, get in there. Uh, and the voice of his mother is the legend herself, June Foray. I just wish we knew what was wrong with him. Tommy's not even interested in his music anymore. That I saw. That, that That's great. Yep. She does another voice later. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, she was last heard on this podcast as Jokey Smurf. Uh, and speaking of legends, the doctor is Frank Welker. I wish I could tell you that Tommy's going to get well by Christmas, but I can't. Mark that on your bingo card. Oh, yeah. He's a Transformers voice, right? He's Megatron and... Plus a million other voices. Ba Frank Welker is every animal sound you can imagine. Okay. So like Abu and Aladdin, the little chattering, if you hear like that cat, like, yeah, the... Um, he's the voice of Nibbler on Futurama. Uh, his default voice is Fred from Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. And then just thousands and thousands of credits still going to this day. And, and aside here, so was that Frank, you know, when you cut to the commercials in there, did that sound like Frank then that was saying, we'll be right back? Oh, it might've been. Cause that's exactly what it sounded like. It reminded me of Fred. From Scooby-Doo. It might so have I wonder been. if that was Frank saying that. that. That's a really good point. Because I was thinking that yesterday. You know, it, it's that classic voice yeah. mm -hmm. that you can't place that you've heard a million times. Well, that's Frank Welker. <laughs> and Tommy's big sister, Angela, is voiced by Janice Carmen, who is Ross Bagdasarian Jr.'s wife. It's the one Tommy wants more than anything in the world. Can't we buy it for him, Mommy? Oh, it would make him feel so much better. Oh. Oh, wow. And she's actually the voice of Theodore. I'd like to donate this to the cause. A cookie? A cookie? Oh, I forgot. I used up my allowance buying cookies. <laughs> as well as the chipettes, because you can tell if you think about it, Theodore's voice is a little higher than the other two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because Ross Jr. is Alvin and Simon. They really keep it in the family in the uh, chipmunks' voices, don't they? They really do. Because then when they when they made the movies and they cast, you know, big name actors to play the chipmunks, I was just thinking, what's the point? Why do you need Justin Long? <laughs> yeah, it's just a sped up voice. Why don't you just get the original people? You're right. Uh, I guess they I don't know. I guess they wanted to branch out then, but they're still doing the voices today. They still have a show. Oh, it might be on Nickelodeon or something, but. Yeah, it's like a 3D animated mm -hmm. type show. Yeah. My kids my kids watch it from time to time. Do they? We caught it once on vacation when we had like three channels of stuff that the kids could watch while we're making dinner. But <laughs> And that brings us to our heroes in their giant three-story Victorian house that we only see in this special. I don't know. Something really strikes me as I would love to live there, but it never looks like that again. In the series, it looks like a pretty standard-looking white McMansion. I like this better. Yeah, this is what I always picture because I, I was such a fan of this Christmas special. Whenever I think about their house, I do think about this particular house. I guess I do, too, just because of the amount of time I've spent watching this as opposed to memories I have watching the show. I know I watched the show, but this is the one that sticks out to me. Yeah, this this one sticks with me, too. And 
it's just those old Victorian houses. If that thing was real, my wife would love to get a hold of that and just really refresh it up. So yeah. one of those beautiful houses you want to live in. Sure. Absolutely. It's a huge house, and yet all three chipmunks share one bedroom. <laughs> and Dave sleeps downstairs. He doesn't even have a top floor room. You could say it would make room for recording, but they don't record it in their house. No, they book a studio. <laughs> we know Dave sleeps downstairs because all three chipmunks go to wake him up by skateboarding down the stair railing together on one long board. While turning on every single light in the house, like every other kid in this yes. world will do. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's probably why Dave sleeps downstairs, because he just needs some peace and quiet. Oh, that could you, be. Because my kids well, wake me up early, too, and they were on the same floor. So maybe <laughs> if, if I had a different floor, the three chipmunks wouldn't wake me up so early. Oh. Well, that kind of doesn't quite work, because if they're like any other kids, it sounds like elephants upstairs. You'd want to switch it around, put the kids downstairs, and you upstairs. Yeah. You can't hear them thumping around upstairs. That's a better layout. It's a big house. They might be on the top and he might be on the very bottom. He might be ground floor. Yeah, there's like two floors between them. Yeah, yeah that works. he needs an entire floor of padding. <laughs> <laughs> so they wake up Dave by jumping on his bed. And that's my first indication that I'm going to be on Dave's side now, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. I love how the I love how the, when they he bounces around, the pillow doesn't move from his head. It stays right in that one spot through that whole scene. And he's sleeping with his eyes open, which is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very strange effect. Two other things about this scene with them jumping on the bed. One, it stands out to me as the first time I noticed that, yes, the chipmunks do, in fact, wear pants under their oversized sweaters. <laughs> I did not catch that. You can see their blue jeans, and they're more obvious now in their recent designs, but back then mm -hmm. they had the big long sweaters. You never knew if they were wearing pants. You can see the blue jeans in this. Those were very big shirts for them to wear. Giant shirts. I guess the joke was, well, all, the only shirts I have are these giant sweaters I never wear. Here you go, <laughs> tiny animals. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all color-coded, which are. is great. Yes. Very convenient. Uh, and. The other thing is we get two quick songs here almost back to back. They sing a line of it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Followed by an old chipmunk's Christmas single, Wonderful Day. And furthermore. And this this is one from like back in the 60s that that's a chipmunk's song. It's that old. I, I didn't realize that that was a, like a Chipmunks original. Yes. Neither did I. I. I looked it up and lo and behold, that song existed. I had a, a couple of old um, LPs of the Chipmunks, and I actually remember that song from those LPs. So, okay. I mean, this, so this was just like bringing back some memories for me there. I mean, obviously I had them. I didn't get them originally because I wasn't even a thought back in the 60s, but... But yeah, I remember listening to those growing up, so. I had a record that was a soundtrack of sorts of this special that was released alongside it. Are you familiar with this at all? Yeah, I actually, I, I did not know about it until like within the last three or four years. And I, I've heard it and I've got it in my collection now, but. Uh, okay. Because uh, I had been looking for the sleigh ride that they sing near the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And I came across it and found this whole episode or the the whole recording so that was kind of nice there's a there's a vinyl of this there's a vinyl of this but it's like a storybook album and it's narrated by santa oh with the chipmunks kind of talking alongside him it's frank welker as santa claus and the chipmunks take turns interrupting him through the whole thing as he's telling the story of this special basically Santa goes off on tangents, too, so they kind of rein him back in every once in a while, too. Yeah, I guess. So, so it's a little both. Yeah, uh, but the full version of a lot of these songs is on here. Look it up. It, it's absolutely worth your time if you can find it. And they have some others on here that I'll mention later. But first, we're off to the recording studio, which Alvin is not happy about having to work during his Christmas break until Dave promises Alvin he'll let him play his harmonica, which, whoops, Alvin left at home, so he runs back to get it. And how far away are they 
you, you see him running and it looks like they're at least like four or five blocks away. And man, I wish I could run as fast as Elvin. Yeah, he's got like the, the blur of his feet moving, the Sonic the Hedgehog spinning feet thing. Chipmunks do run very fast. We have them in our yard. Oh, no. <laughs> They're super fast. So it tracks. <laughs> exactly. But this is not just any harmonica, friends. This is the Golden Echo Harmonica which Alvin loves so much he keeps the thing in a miniature bed next to his own chipmunk-sized bed like a doll. (laughs) That was one thing I always loved about this special as a kid was how they portrayed that harmonica. (laughs) Just like it just seemed like the coolest item in the world. And like the the shade of yellow or gold that they use is unlike anything else in the cartoon. So it really pops. It does. It's a really it's a really well done piece of animation. And to piggyback off that, Stephen, I mean, because of how they portrayed the Golden Echo Harmonica, someone in the store when I was young, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's Elvin's uh, harmonica there. And I got a little awestruck as a kid saying, there actually is a Golden Echo Harmonica that's oh, out. So Really? I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize it, it was a it, real it, thing. It was, it was a brand. I mean, I don't know if it, it's around anymore or not, but I, 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 I could or either that, my mind, brain's playing tricks on me in my old age. But <laughs> I could have swore I saw go- something that said Golden Echo Harmonica in a store one time. Wow, that's something made of brass or gilded or something. <laughs> I thought it was silver, so I think it was a brand name. So okay, I'm gonna have to get this. This is gonna be the most expensive podcast ever. I'm gonna buy everything I've heard about <laughs> <laughs> the record, the what? harmonica. Well, then while Dave lets them go window shopping while he gets the studio ready, Alvin takes his Golden Echo Harmonica to visit another Golden Echo Harmonica in a department store. <laughs> I, and then such Alvin talks to the harmonica, here's your brother right here, your twin brother. Yeah. <laughs> and then that leads us into a very quick chipmunky consumerism-themed version of Jingle Bells. Dashing through the stores on a chipmunk skating board. Have you ever done anything like that? Take your action figure to the toy store like that's your twin brother. I no, I always had to, I'd always have to leave my toys in the car if we went to the store. Yeah, I didn't either. And also, I didn't want anyone to think I was stealing something. Yeah, that was the big thing. Yeah. But while Alvin's talking to his harmonica for a family visit, in walks Tommy's sister, Angela, who points out the still-for-sale harmonica on display to her mother. And Alvin, for some reason, is hiding behind this display. I don't know why he does this here, but he felt compelled to not be seen while he's listening in on this conversation. Maybe next year we can afford it. But Tommy will just die if he doesn't get his harmonica. Don't say that, darling. So is this the scene when they say Tommy won't make it to Christmas? Yeah. Which is a heavy thing for a chipmunk Christmas special aimed at children. This was heavy, and it... it, you can see the depression on Alvin's face when they're back in the studio. Even they're recording the chipmunk song again for some reason. Mm-hmm. A refresher. Gotta give him the hits. But Alvin's singing is just super flat. We've been good, but we Hold it, Alvin. And he fast talks Dave into letting him take a break. And he runs off again. This time he goes to Tommy's apartment, so I guess he knew who she, who they were in the store. That's Must probably why he didn't want to be seen. That, yeah. Now it adds up, now as I say that. Oh, you know them, you don't want to be seen and overhearing about your buddy Tommy. See, Alvin's not crazy. No. <laughs> and, and going back to the recording, um, when because the Chipmunk song came out before the special did, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's an old one. That was their first song. And then you could hear that little banter uh, in the interlude between um, David and Alvin. Uh, Alvin, you're a little flat, but if you listen to the song, you don't hear Alvin being flat. No, not at all. You do in the special, but you didn't in the song. So now now it kind of makes sense because I remember listening to that song. I don't hear anybody being flat in the song. (laughs) <laughs> until yeah. a special came out. Dave just seems super critical. 
when you grow up with a musician in the family, I mean, my dad played in bands most of his life. So yeah, it kind of runs in the blood. (laughs) Well, this time Alvin runs off again, this time to Tommy's apartment. And Tommy is clearly Alvin's number one fan. He's got posters of him on the wall. So this visit by itself immediately cheers him up. But Alvin gives Tommy his golden echo harmonica. But his mom's in the room, so Alvin feeds him the story of how, well, they had a contest at the department store, and someone put your name in, and you won. So here you go. And he runs out of there and back to the studio. Very selfless for Alvin. And it runs there just in time to start singing with the rest of the chipmunks. Christmas, Christmas time is near. And of course, they can edit out the door slamming, too, on the recording, of course. Naturally. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very, very dynamic microphones they got there. (laughs) And then back at home, Alvin tells his brothers they can't tell Dave what he did because Dave gave him that harmonica. So he'll have to save his money and buy a new one after Christmas. But uh-oh, Dave's on the phone booking them for a Christmas Eve concert at Carnegie Hall featuring Alvin doing a harmonica solo. And I love how he falls out of the tree when he hears that. Yeah, they're decorating the tree kind of on each other's shoulders. Yeah, that's a good one. No, they're they're actually in the tree decorating. Oh, that's right. You you got Theodore on the bottom because he's the heaviest. That's where I would be. And then you got Simon in the middle and Alvin on top, which, of course, uh, the narcissism in Alvin would put him on top. (laughs) That's right. Natural climbers. But now the plot becomes Alvin needs to make money to buy that other harmonica before Christmas Eve without Dave finding out what he did. And his first idea is to dress up as Santa Claus, borrow their neighbor's dogs, Mm -hmm. tie antlers onto their heads, and sell photos with Santa and his reindeer for 25 cents a pop. Which sounds like a bargain to me. Yeah, actually put antlers on seven heads and one tail. That's right, that's right. One head (laughs) and on his tail. (laughs) I love the animation of those dogs, by the way. Oh, yeah. Each one is so distinct. Uh, And yeah, the one whose head is his tail is... That, that always gets me. It's a really funny <laughs> gag. Right at the end. I think that's Blitzen at the end there. It's Donner, actually. Oh, was it Donner? Yep. Blitzen was a, the last one was a bulldog. Okay. Big old bulldog. Right. <laughs> this whole photo scene is fascinating. First off, you don't see these neighbors, but they have eight dogs, each a different breed, all with antlers tied to them and hooked up to a bench acting as Santa's sleigh. The chipmunks have devised a pulley system to lift Alvin on and off kids' laps. Tiny Santa chipmunk sitting on the kids' laps. This is incredible, and I'm sad I didn't think of it when I was a tiny kid. <laughs> Except for when that big kid comes along and sits on Alvin and <laughs> yeah, just about squashes him into the seat. Right. Uh, yeah, classic joke. But did you ever do anything even remotely this weird for money when you were a kid? Nope. No, it was always like that little rascals thing. Yeah. It was always like a reason that, you know, that they needed money and it would come up with some elaborate scheme to try to raise money. This is in every sitcom, like, you know, from our gang on. Right. I I never saw a kid try to do it in real life. No, me neither. The dumbest thing I ever did for money as a kid was one of those Cub Scout fundraisers where you had to go door to door with this suitcase, a stupid dollar store junk. (laughs) The Tom Watt Showcase. Oh, I hated doing all that selling. I couldn't sell a heater to an Eskimo. Oh, no. It was the stupidest thing. I hated it. Yep. I like the actual suitcase, though. It was this cardboard box and a handle and a Starfield background that looked like the box for the Nintendo. I wanted to keep the box. Were those the things when, like, if you raised enough money, you would get, you know, a a variety of prizes? And, like, the grand prize was, you know, a a BMX bicycle or something Something crazy? Something like that. And you never got to that level? No. Maybe like you got enough. The The first goal was like, we'll have a pizza party if you all make this goal. But mm-hmm. I think that's as far yep. as we got. Did either of you notice where the mustache for Santa was on Alvin? It was coming out of his mouth. Oh, was it? Yeah. It was like coming right out from underneath his mouth instead of being on his upper lip because you could see his nose and his upper lip. And it looked like he was chewing on the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> 
the beard just didn't fit, so he's like eating it. It's like hanging off his chin out of his mouth, apparently. No, I didn't catch that. Good catch. <laughs> you see it as many times as I have, and yeah. You go watch them to rewatch to refresh, and you tend to notice those little quirks that come up. Yeah. It, it, it almost reminded me of in uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas when the dog, Max, is dressed up as Santa. Yeah. Like with that droopy costume. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, everything was just kind of ill-fitting. That's what it always reminded me of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of falls off when the... Uh, oh, wait, no. Yeah, he does fall off of that when the suit gets too heavy and he's holding the the pin cushion in his mouth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When he, when the Grinch is sewing up right. the, the suit for himself and he's being like the model. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was Chuck Jones. So now that yep. that makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. And June Foray too, right? Doesn't she voice Cindy Lou? Cindy Lou? I think she might. Yeah. Yep. Which is kind of funny because then Janice or Ross Bagdasarian Jr.'s wife voices a Cindy Lou here. Yes, she does. <laughs> Which is actually coming up in the scene right now we're talking about. Yep, she's in line for Santa. But then here comes Dave storming outside. What's all this? And Simon very helpfully replies, we're helping Alvin make money. You're supposed <laughs> to be the smart one. That would, that, that, that's a Theodore line, not a Simon line. Right? Now Dave's arguing with Alvin as his next customer steps up. And here's Cindy Lou with her cat. And what's your name, little girl? Cindy Lou. What a nice cat you have, Cindy Lou. Cat? So that gets the dogs all riled up, and they trample Dave into the snow with a little pregnant pause afterward as he gets off and the snow just kind of falls off his face. That's a great way to cut the commercial. Well, that's with Alvin, too, flicking the, the snow off his nose. Oh, that's right. What were you saying, Dave? Bing! Bing! <laughs> A Chipmunk Christmas will return after these messages. What better way to have fun this Christmas than with the Chipmunks' latest album, A Chipmunk Christmas. 11 great holiday songs from their TV special, sung only as the Chipmunks can, and a colorful cartoon storybook. Chipmunk Christmas and Urban Chipmunk on RCA Records and Tapes. Real fun for Christmas. For a limited time, near to where you buy 7-Up, you'll find a very special Countdown to Christmas poster. And it's yours free just for buying 7-Up and Diet 7-Up. What a great way to share in the feeling of Christmas. It's the perfect time to stock up on 7-Up's clear, crisp, clean refreshment. And kids get to build Santa's beard as they count off the days to Christmas. Get your free Countdown to Christmas poster when you buy 7-Up. 7-Up has the feeling of Christmas. We now return to Alvin and the Chipmunks. To Simon and Theodore's credit, they keep their promise not to tell Dave why they're helping Alvin make money, but now Dave thinks Alvin's just being greedy about Christmas. So we get this bit where, you remember that poem I wrote a few years ago about the true spirit of Christmas? And boy, is it bad. <laughs> you see why the chipmunks groan when they hear this. Yeah. Oh, Dave, we already know this. Please don't. No. Which is weird because back to that album, this is a whole track. Hmm? And first off, it's a completely different poem. And secondly, they sing each line after Dave recites it. And it's like a call and answer sort of bit. Carolers at the door. I sure hope Dave's got more. Alvin. And it doesn't sound nearly as badly as it does here on the TV special, but it also doesn't end with them mistakenly shouting, Money! <laughs> yep. And they quickly cover their mouths with a pop, but... I love those pops. Those, those get me every single time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's all give a cheer for... Money! Money. Alvin's not even stopping them at this point. Even he's too ashamed. But the others are trying to cover up for him. Well, he wants to buy a present. Oh, who's the present for? It's for himself? Womp womp. Thank you, Theodore. Go to your room and think about the meaning of Christmas. Yeah, I know. You know, he almost had it there, and then... Theodore had to open up his mouth. Yep. 
one thing I was looking out for when I was watching the the, the show that you sent us, Stephen, with the uh, commercials in it, is for omitted parts that are on the DVD or Blu-ray. Now, and there was one part in that scene with the poem at the very end. He says, "I don't know anybody who would give me money," or something like that, or anybody. It's oh, not really? what you what you give it. And said, so, "I don't know anybody who would give me money." Right before it gets to, they say the money part. Interesting. So there's a oh, little yeah. bit taken out of that. There so. was also like a commercial break that I, there was like a dip to black where I thought maybe the 1981 airing had a different commercial break. Oh, could be. The 1986 airing. Yeah. But now Alvin wants to explain himself, but Dave won't hear it. And he's not his usual shouty Alvin here. He's that quieter disappointment that's not scary so much as it's gut wrenching. If you're on the receiving end of it, it's the Danny Tanner. Tone yeah. From Full House. I'm disappointed in you, DJ. <laughs> Ooh. And somehow that hurts even more than the shouting. Just, just, just twist that knife a little mm-hmm. bit more there. Just let's see if we can get a little more out of that painful <laughs> quietness. Then cut to, it might be here now that you're talking about it, that that fast cut, because we cut to all three of them asleep in their room. And Alvin's tossing and turning, but before we get to the nightmare he's having, they have a string of Christmas lights strewn across their beds, and I can't believe I never thought to do that. Oh, I I had lights all over my room when I was younger. I mean, I would do that and then string them probably up towards the top of the ceiling is what I used to do. That's an awesome idea. I never thought to do that. Parents or kids, get some extra Christmas lights for your bedrooms. Treat yourself. <laughs> It seemed like like falling asleep with Christmas lights. (laughs) It was almost like a post-college thing. Everyone would just drape Christmas lights around their, you know, window or or bedrooms in, uh, like in their first apartment, just because you know they didn't have enough money for real lights. There you go. Yeah, put them up there. It looks like we're at an outdoor bistro. So Alvin's having a nightmare, and he's walking on this bridge made of golden echo harmonicas. In a sky that's got a bunch of that early animation style moons and stars, like 1920s, 30s style, with the faces and the big eyes and the rosy cheeks. And that's how you know that you're not in Kansas anymore. It's like Cuphead Kids, my sweet summer child. Uh, He's walking on this harmonica bridge to the science lab of Clyde Crash Cup. There's so little time and so much to do, like filling that empty little heart of yours... With the spirit of Christmas. But I haven't lost the Christmas spirit. I... Well, of course you haven't. I haven't finished inventing it yet. Who was a B-side character on the original Alvin show, but he didn't make his way onto the new one. Are you familiar with the segments with Clyde Crash Cup and the old Alvin show? Not really. He looks familiar. I feel like he's in the LP. Like his picture okay. is somewhere on the LP. Yeah, he's got a picture on there. He's got a whole song on the on the album of mm-hmm. the soundtrack uh, that doesn't make its way on here, which is a shame because it's a cool song where he's trying to invent Christmas, but he starts singing about things from other holidays, like children dressed like skeletons and ghosts and things like that. <laughs> it's great. I remember Clyde Crash Cup just because the Alvin show got rewon on Nickelodeon at one point, so I would watch old episodes of that. And he's this absent-minded scientist who invents things that have already been invented to disastrous results. Kind of like here when you got reindeer, elephant as reindeer, and Abraham Lincoln as the Santa Claus. Yep. It's trippy. Once you see pink elephants, you know something's gone a little, a little kooky. <laughs> yes. There's a little something in there for the adults there, those pink elephants. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Usually he has this silent assistant with him, but here it's just Clyde, uh, and he's voiced by Charles Barrent, who doesn't have a lot of other credits on IMDb or anywhere, but he does a very good voice here. Uh, It reminds me of the Caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland, but that's Richard Hayden, that's different but it's the same sort of nasally english accent with a hint of goofy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep that's a good description mm-hmm. uh and he's here to fill alvin's empty heart with the spirit of christmas which he's about to invent starting with santa claus 
that Santi for Santi and claws for claws for claws. And that's the one thing he actually did invent is that joke. The mono means one and rail means rail. That is a Clyde Crash Cup thing. Really? Yes. I like like the Simpsons did that joke. Yes. So that's where they got it from. It's from this character. Oh, that's that's amazing. Mm hmm. Uh, so. Santa Claus, as you said, was Abraham Lincoln uh, sitting in a pumpkin mm-hmm. next to a calendar marking February 12th as Christmas. And it's a well done Lincoln, too. It's a very accurate Lincoln. Oh, yeah. This segment gets cut sometimes, and I understand why, because not a lot of people know who this is. Right. And before we, they go to Lincoln, they too uh, crash or Clyde crash cup. He describes okay uh, this a figure with a beard and a hat so obviously you're, you're beginning thinking santa and then you go to abraham lincoln right <laughs> he's he is wearing a santa hat it's just on top of the big stovepipe hat yep <laughs> that's a great gag yeah and then i don't quite got to it when he was talking about venting it all so when the elephants kind of rear up and throw them across and then all the the exhilaration of of discovery or something like that. That sounds right. That sounds like something he would say. <laughs> uh, but here Alvin just tells him, I need money to buy a harmonica. Money? What's money? And Alvin starts to get frustrated, and here's where we ripple out of his dream and back to Dave going upstairs thinking, maybe I was too hard on Alvin. But he goes <laughs> to his room and just hears him shouting in his sleep, I need money. Well, never mind, I give up. And that's where another cut was done, because right after that, before th- there's okay, uh, he goes, I need money, and Crash Cup's like, what's money? You know, you buy things with it, you know, because like, I haven't invented it yet. And he draws a stovepipe hat, or a magician's hat, upside down. It goes ma for ma and honey for honey, <laughs> money, and out jumps a green rabbit. Oh, that's Whoa. funny. <laughs> so, I'm gonna find a real <laughs> an uncut copy of this. Yeah, if you get a, if you get the DVD, they it has that whole long because I remember when I first watched the DVD because that that money one, the the bunny one was not in there because I remember watching that first time going this doesn't seem right it was never in anything I watched on TV so but I did remember Clyde on TV so that's when I was going back and seeing okay because I remembered when prepping for talking about this I had remembered that there were some scenes I didn't remember being on the TV special. When I got the Blu-ray when I was older, I'm thinking, what the heck was that? And then I couldn't remember what it was because I had watched the DVD version so much that it was now ingrained that I knew it. But then watching the 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 special, you, you the link you gave us, and it was just like, ah, there it is. So, And that's where it, that came in. So Okay. Weird how it gets chopped up so many different places like that. Yeah. A lot of them cut for time and for putting, be able to put commercials in. Yeah. More of those Mickey D's commercials. There you yep. go. Well, it's just like the Charlie Brown Christmas got chopped up before too, back there for time. Cause you get the blue. I mean, now oh, they yeah. air it in full. Yes. They air the full 26 minutes and, and run over a little bit, but maybe before they, to put the commercials in, they'd cut a bunch of that stuff out. So right. yeah. They did it with Alvin and the chipmunks too. So yeah. Because I had, you know, I had the tape off television of Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. And until I got the DVD, I'd never seen the sequence when they're using their blankets like, you know, bullseyes to throw the snow. Oh, yeah. Like that was never maybe, on the TV Maybe version. I'll make it into a sport coat. Yeah, that yeah. never made it on TV no. until just recently. And then the end would always get cut off because at the end of the original airing, it was like, this was brought to you by Coca-Cola. And then the end, they just kind of very abruptly cut them singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And it's just yep. the end. <laughs> yep. So it's weird when I hear when I'm playing the song and it gets to the end of that song. I'm like, oh, wait, this ends normally. Well, as normally as kids can hit those notes. Yeah. <laughs> and this scene ends the usual way. You always see someone talking in their sleep. Money. I just need money. But have you ever actually heard someone talking in their sleep? They don't make sense like that. My kids talk in their sleep a lot and Do I they? never know what they're saying. It's just a lot of mumbling, yeah. you know, words. My wife and I apparently every once in a while will both talk in our sleep. And, but she's saying words I recognize, but it's just half whispered like a dishwasher. 
I, I've heard full sentence come out of my kids once when they're younger, but really not, not very often, but, uh, I, there's times I've had full blown conversations with my kids and they had no clue. Oh, wow. They're still asleep. So that yeah. apparently is me when I talk in my sleep. I don't remember any of this, but <clears throat> my wife tells me apparently I was saying something like we were at church, but it was a box of tissues and I opened the roof. And what am I even talking about? I almost never remember my dreams. And maybe it's because mine are stupid and make no sense, but certainly <laughs> not coherent enough that I'm able to shout out. I need money. <laughs> <laughs> well now it's christmas eve two hours before the concert and alvin's last chance to buy the other echo harmonica in the store so simon helps him out by giving him some of his own savings and after alvin leaves dave gets a phone call from tommy's mother and we hear that alvin's harmonica worked wonders on him and helped him get better and dave exclaims it's a miracle so he finally makes simon and theodore tell him the whole story well, that's also goes back to before when we were wondering how Alvin knew Tommy. But I mean, if you listen to the conversation or the one sided conversation that Dave has with Tommy's mom, it's uh, it's like they know they've known each other for a while. Yeah. So that so our theory earlier that they must have known him, that just kind of reinforces that theory with this right here with how they with how David talks to uh, Mrs. Waterford. I will say this special gives you unrealistic uh, expectations for what a harmonica can do because it <laughs> cures a kid who wasn't going to make it till Christmas. You know, he's just fine. And I, I know you've talked about Alf's special Christmas on here before. Oh, yes. And that ending devastated me because oh, I was used to specials like this where it's like the kid get the kid's OK. The harmonica <laughs> cured him. Yep. And then Alf's special Christmas is like she's going to die. She's definitely going to die at the end of this. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's much more uplifting than that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and to get even more uplifting, Alvin's at the store, but he still doesn't have enough money. But here's where everything starts to wrap up in a neat little package, just like you're saying. As a kind old lady asks Alvin for help, uh, and it's the voice of June Foray again in her kind old granny voice. Pardon me, young man, but I need help. Me? You need my help? I knew it. I just knew that you would understand. So in this special, they don't make it too obvious. But on the album cover, they have framed pictures of everyone in the story on the back cover, including her photo labeled The Mysterious Lady, wearing a bright red dress in a white collar right next to a picture of Santa. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Well, you, even as a kid, when she came onto the scene, I knew, I'm like, how does Alvin not know that this is Mrs. Claus? Right. But pretend you didn't just hear that, and this is just some random, lonely old lady who is very, <laughs> very far away from home and wants to buy this nice young man a Christmas present. A harmonica, perhaps. And I don't blame Alvin after she walks away to buy it for him for smacking the side of his head like, is this really happening? <laughs> it's very surreal and even as a kid i remember feeling like oh there's something about this woman very familiar what could it be <laughs> i totally uh, bought into it i did i it's like how i was always like even at then it's like how does alvin not know that this is mrs claus <laughs> i mean she's got the red with the white trim and it's just she's a little plump nice old lady and it's christmas time i mean Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess in his defense, he's a chipmunk who can talk. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they weren't spreading all these Christmas right. rumors. Of, Where are you going to draw that line? This makes no sense. Oh, what were we watching the other day? We just got Paramount Plus and we're watching Paw Patrol. And in one episode, there's like an evil mayor from a neighboring town that for some reason is always hanging out in the Paw Patrol city. And something happened that transformed this evil mayor into a baby. And they happened to find a car seat for this baby that had the evil mayor's little insignia or logo on it. And that, for some reason, was where I drew the line <laughs> in a show about a 10-year-old who is running an entire city's emergency services with his talking dogs. The the mayor's logo on a 
car seat that they happened to find after he got turned into a baby was where I drew the line. This makes no sense. <laughs> this is Mayor Humdinger, I'm assuming. Yes, Mayor Humdinger. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you have to wonder, you know, the chipmunks came from the woods, if I remember the origin story That's correctly. That's correct. When did they first learn about Christmas? You know, they weren't hearing it as little baby chipmunks, were they? I don't know. She's got a pretty well-furnished house in her tree. Okay. Yeah, okay. Maybe, so, maybe they're hearing some rumors. Could be. But This scene with her, with, with Mrs. Claus, reminds me, every once in a while you'll hear about how there are 37 cars in a row at the Dunkin' Donuts line paid for the person behind them or cute little pay-it-forward fluff stories like that. This is that, but nobody's tweeting about it. <laughs> but yes alvin this is happening a mysterious stranger just bought you a golden echo harmonica he unwraps and it glows with i guess the christmas spirit we've seen that before that ooh yeah joey c of course the best ooze that i like is garfield's christmas special yes and they light up the tree and they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're their mouths like are perfect, perfect circles. Circles. yep ooh. <laughs> It's that same glowing effect on here, the same animation. But she doesn't even let Alvin thank her, but says, maybe if you'll just play a little something for me. And it's a very sweet harmonica rendition of Silent Night as a crowd gathers around. Mm hmm. Including Simon, Theodore, and Dave, who apologizes and said, it's a wonderful thing you did for Tommy. But where Which- did the lady go? Alvin doesn't even acknowledge. He goes like, where'd the lady go? (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's time to go to Carnegie Hall. They don't want to be late because their ride is a horse-drawn carriage through Central Park. Singing Sleigh Ride. Singing Sleigh Ride. That's the Sleigh Ride song. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, That's a slow route to take through New York. Yeah, that can't be the fastest way to get there from wherever they are. And it's right at the south. Carnegie Hall is at the south end of Central Park, if I'm remembering correctly. If I'm remembering Home Alone 2 correctly, anyway. (laughs) Home Alone 2 geography of New York, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's right. As long as it's not a Con Air geography of Las Vegas, and it's not like (laughs) that. (laughs) Alvin plays Silent Night again. We catch the tail end of that. He walks backstage and literally bumps into Tommy, who's waiting for him. Surprise! He's all better. And guess what? He brought along his harmonica with him. So they get to play together. And Tommy accompanies the chipmunks in their rendition of Deck the Halls. Deck the world with which after all this that happened in this special still includes a line from Alvin, but don't forget, forget your, gift your gift for me. me. <laughs> ah, the comfort food of not learning a thing. Now, I love how like Dave's most of the, so most of the special Dave's tie is either two strings or just a big messy tie. Mm-hmm. But at the end here, it's all, all not tied up. Nice. Tom's oh, yeah. is all tied up. Nice. Alvin, Simon, and theater are still in their, sweatshirts and the only thing alvin did to spruce up was take his hat off yeah that surprises me they usually dress up in the opening theme song to the cartoon they're all in these white suits yeah with like the gold trim right not here they're classy gentlemen that in that opening yeah uh, and that's about it for this special but we finally cut to santa himself flying over new york and eventually over the snowy wilderness and finally back home to the North Pole where Mrs. Claus is waiting for him. And he tells her, You know, you really ought to get out some Christmas and see how the rest of the world lives. Oh, I don't know. Making children happy is your job. And we pan across, and of course, it's the mysterious lady from the department store. Who says, I'm just a homebody. I guess I'm just a homebody. Yes, that's it. (laughs) And Santa's already asleep, and she turns to the camera and gives us a shh. And that's it. Breaks the fourth wall. Yep. We're we're in the secret, yeah. Wraps up pretty nicely. Any final thoughts on a chipmunk Christmas, or the chipmunks in general? 
I've always loved the chipmunks. I mean, since I can remember, they've been around and it's just, it's always Alvin because he always pushes the boundaries. Oh yeah. To, to irritate Dave and Dave's response, but it's always funny and it's never enough to really go overboard. And most of my memories of doing that are, are in the songs that they did. Oh yeah. Which, which I always fun, thought was a fun banter. And as the movies, the later ones with, um, the live action. I didn't quite like that banner as much as I did like in the cartoons. Yeah. But I've always loved the chipmunks growing up and had the songs and stuff like that. And this, this, this has been a staple as long as I can remember, like I said, going back, I mean, I can't remember much of what I had to eat yesterday, but this, this has always been a memory for Christmas (laughs) for the eighties. So yeah. Yeah, likewise. I've, I've, I was always a huge chipmunk fan as a kid. I think it started with they had Burger King dolls of the three chipmunks that they made. And and my brother and I got them and uh, we were watching the cartoons and everything. And it's a, it's kind of a property that they keep reinventing through the years. And my kids know who the characters are. Mm-hmm. I think the characters are very well defined. Um, I always like Simon. Simon was my guy. Uh, but they, they do a really good job of of kind of pushing it forward and even the live action movies, which, you know, I don't love, but my kids think are super funny. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's who it's for. It's not for me right. anymore. Uh, but yeah, this, this special is really sweet. Uh, it has a lot of the, you know, the classic tropes of Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. It does them well. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun little special. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and it's not hard to find if you want to watch it. Though if you're going to search for it online, it helps to include the year 1981 or else you're just going to get the chipmunk song by itself. So keep that in mind. Or or put special behind it, too. You can find it there. Too. Oh, there you go. OK. Yep. Uh, I had put my copy on YouTube and they pulled it. Oh, no. For some copyright reason. So if you want it, just find me somewhere. There I'll you send go. it to you. <laughs> well, on that note. If people want to randomly appear behind you and offer to buy you a harmonica, where can they find you on the Internet, Stephen? I am at Stephen Staples 81 on Twitter. Uh, and or, you know, if you just want to contact the Wizards podcast. Yes, I'm sure Adam will find a way to get in touch with me. There you go. <laughs> and Sean. Uh, you can find me at uh, our website, christmaspodcast.com, or you can email me at Sean at christmaspodcast.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all at Christmas pods. Um, or I'm also got my own personal Twitter at, uh, uh, Ezander. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere there it is too. So, I mean, taking a little hiatus from the social media, just trying to recoup from a crazy Christmas of <laughs> recapping everything for everybody, but it was so much fun. So, yeah, Christmas Pods, all one word on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can go to christmaspodcast.com and uh, contact me through there. Perfect. Definitely check out both of their podcasts. They're so much fun. Thank you both for talking to me. This was an absolute pleasure. Oh, this has been fun. This has been great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Again, love the show. Really excited to be a part of it. Thank you so much. Well, you can find show notes for all the tangents we went on and sources for things I dug up at adventcalendar.house. There you'll also find where you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. We've got 11 more holiday specials to go this month, so tune in again in a couple of days. Until then, for Sean and Steve, from my giant harmonica-shaped science lab in the sky. Well, now that I said it out loud, that made it sound like I'm dead. (laughs) This is Mike Westfall saying, put on some pants. And watch out for that icy patch. And now, these messages. Hey there, comic book fan. We've got a few questions for you. Were you obsessed with X-Men as a kid? Did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of Superman in the black poly bag? Did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves? Then have we got the show for you. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, 
Woods and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation in our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more. You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. Hello, everyone. I'm Sean, and I host the Christmas Podcasts podcast. We work in conjunction with ChristmasPodcasts.com, and our goal is to bring the world of Christmas podcasts to the masses. We work with Christmas creators to let you know who they are, what their podcast is about, and to bring their podcasts to your attention. If you are looking for your Christmas podcast fix, you've come to the right place. We are Christmas creators ourselves. We have been making merry online since 1991 over at MyMerryChristmas.com. We don't do this to toot our own horn, though. ChristmasPodcasts.com, like most of what we do, is completely fan-driven. It was born of an idea that the world of Christmas online needed a resource like this. Instead of building it into our own website, we just provide the technical support needed for the Christmas community to make it happen. Christmas Podcasts Podcast is all about you, the fans of Christmas and podcasts. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Excuse me, I just saw a spaceship up there. Where? Up there in the sky. Can't you see it? Cute. Very cute. 